Welcome to the Phantom Zone. All right. So while we wait for the rest of the people, Connor asked me to kind of give him a quick rundown of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. So the newest I, I, issue just came out. So that's issue 10 of 12. I think it originally started as it was going to be 10 issues and they had to bump it back to. And when did you say the first one came out? It was like a uh, November, November 22nd, 2017. Yes. And issue 11 is scheduled for August of 2019. Uh, August 14th. So the, yes. the story will end, like, hypothetically, if it gets that 12th issue out, it they could end it November 22nd, 2019. If they, if so it would be like a full two back. years for 12 issues. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then I kind of get it. It's like a, bi, a bi-monthly book. Yeah, even um, though it didn't it wasn't supposed to be. At it all. was definitely not supposed to be because you could look at the, the publishing dates of the next few. And they're pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. So I guess I can start with, so issue, so this goes all the way back to the button and kind of the beginning of Rebirth. Okay, because I've, I've actually read the button. I bought it just, it was one of okay. the first DC books I just bought randomly because I read right. Batman and the Flash. And yes. I enjoy it. It was a good one. Yeah, so the button basically covers a story with the Flash and Batman where they kind of reveal the world of the Flashpoint Earth, where we get to see Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne kind of interact for a little bit, uh-huh. and then Earbart Thought is in, and then he goes to see something that's controlling everything, and then his body comes back, and he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that being, like, a big yes. point. Yeah. So you have that. The beginning of Rebirth is the Wally West, the OG, the red-headed white Wally West coming back. Uh-huh. And that ties in, and then... So basically, this is like super wonky. So the book starts off as a sequel to The Watchmen, like directly a sequel. Oh, that's bold. Um, So it is the world after The Watchmen, but also after they found out that... um, I always mess up his name. Ozymandias? Ozymandias, yeah. Vike planned everything. So instead of everybody being like solidified, like we see at the end of the book, um, the journal that was found, like the original Warshak's journal that was found, it gets kind of put out there. So everybody knows that he made everything up. So he is the most wanted man on the planet. Oof. We yeah, that's inter- fair. Yeah, we are introduced to the new Warshak, Warshak 2. And then through the issues, um, we find out that he is the son of the original Warshak's um like criminal therapist when he was arrested in the book. Okay. Okay. So, and he was at the scene when one of the tentacle monsters got dropped. So he was basically like kind of both affected by the actual trauma as well as the psychic trauma of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's kooky boots. <laughs> um, it's crazy. He releases a character who comes to be known once we figured out as marionette and then her husband who is mime um who is a mute and has invisible weapons i know john does not like the characters i think they're kind of fun um marionette uses like a wire thing to kind of kill the shit out of people oh cool and you reveal that they're so not so much marionette but mime is possibly a meta in some Hmm. ways so and they had a kid and so their kid was taken away from them because she was born in jail. 
So, and what is revealed is that this Rorschach 2 is working with Ozymandias and he to get the two of them using the information that he knows where their kid is and their idea is that he wants to go and find Dr. Manhattan. And so what they find out is Dr. Manhattan's no longer on their Earth. He is in the DC Prime Earth, Earth One. I don't they keep changing what it's called. But we'll I think just we'll just call it like the prime earth. Yeah, prime earth makes the most sense. Yeah. So especially with what happened in the issue that came out today. <laughs> so um they get there. We this is where we start getting hints of the Justice Society as well. Because we get to see some like Justice Society members. So he shows up on Earth in so it started in twenty nineteen. I mean twenty seventeen. So it's about like twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. When Dr. Manhattan, because the whole thing of the story was that it takes place two years in the future from when it started, which by the time it's finished, it's going to be, it's going to be. I was just thinking that it's now just present day. Maybe they've been planning that this whole time. Yeah. So the problem is, so when he gets to prime earth, basically the entire world is like shitty and against like all metahumans and Batman and everything, but we have no idea why. Okay. Um, so when Vi- when Ozymandias gets there, he he tells Rorschach they need to split up. One's going to go to one other. This is a, the smartest person, and the second one, and then he's going to go to the smartest person on the planet, and Rorschach's going to go to the second smartest. So Ozymandias goes to visit Lex, and Rorschach goes to visit Batman. Mm, makes sense. Which Batman immediately thinks that he's crazy and throws him in Arkham. <laughs> Ozymandias is basically like tells Lex what he did, and Lex is like. And you're the smartest person from your world. Jesus, I can't even imagine what the dumbest looks like. And so Ozymandias is pissed, and he's like, all right, I thought I found someone that I could you know, have a conversation with. And he goes to attack, he attacks Lex, and then it cuts, and we find out that the comedian is not dead. Oh, of course Ozymandias not. threw him off. He got somehow teleported to Earth Prime. And then yeah, he beats well, the, you can do that. It's comics. Yeah, he beats the shit out of Vect, or, Vite, or Ozymandias, um, who has, it's, it's like a weird, I don't remember the, 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 the term, but he has this cat with him that's able to detect tachyons and stuff. Oh yeah. The lynx. Yeah. The weird lynx cat. Yeah. So, but like <laughs> Ozymandias or comedian throws him out the window and he like falls and stuff. Um, this is where we have mommy marionette or like going underground and they end up finding all the villains. And this is where comedian kills everybody except for the Joker. And if you remember, I was talking about all of that. Yeah. So that's the kind of beginning part where everyone is like, what the hell is going on with Doomsday Clock? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of around issue four when this is all going on. And then I'm trying to see here, think here uh, as I like flip through the different issues. <laughs> um, so, all right. So issue five, I think this is that one I'm on. Yeah, issue five is when we see why the world hates metahumans. And basically there's this idea of the Superman effect, which is that the US government is creating um superhumans. And the different governments around the world are, and then they're like secret agents working to like destabilize the rest of the world. Oh, and this cool. is like this crazy ass rumor that's going around. Um, so that's kind of, and then in issue uh, five, we see some more stuff. We see like, uh, Alan Scott's Green Lantern. 
and stuff like that. And we see like the actual physical lantern. Mm-hmm. And we see like a bunch of other stuff. And then issue six, oh, issue six is where comedian kills everybody. And we learn the backstory of Marionette Mime. Oh my cat. Issue seven is where we see, oh, this is like the, the big event basically that. So Dr. Ozymandias uses Alan Scott's Green Lantern to kind of summon Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like basically the whole plot of that entire issue. Issue eight is where kind of stuff starts to go crazy. So um, Firestorm, uh, Lois gets some sort of package at, at Metropolis or whatever, um, which is supposed to be proof of the Superman effect. Firestorm is like fighting somebody in Russia and then the Russian heroes are like, get the hell out of our country. And he's like, hey, I'm just trying to help. And then he accidentally like severely injures a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And then the people, when he gets knocked to the ground, start like crowding him and attacking him. And he kind of like screams, let go and turns a giant crowd of people into glass, like literal glass. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. Yeah. While this is going on, Superman is talking to Black Adam and Kandak um, because Black Adam's kind of made this thing since he's the ruler of that country that he is making a safe haven for all metas. OK, that's a cool move. Yes. I hope. Um, and so issue nine was we see Dr. Manhattan on Mars. He's holding a Legion ring. And basically, um, at some point during issue eight, everyone kind of uh, Batman figured out that it wasn't actually Firestorm, that it was somebody else doing it. Um, and they trace the energy back. And Superman does like a stupid thing during it and basically goes to stop Firestorm but, like, gets in the way of the Russians attacking him, and thus, like, they go to shoot him, and then he ricochets the bullet off, and it starts breaking people that are glass, and everything just turns to shit. But because <laughs> Superman kind of chose a side, everything goes to shit. Now, in the background of all this is that um, Ronnie remembers that he saw the professor, who's the other half of Firestorm, talking to a government official at some point before they became Firestorm about like kind of be- him being able to be manipulated. So the Superman effect may actually be a real thing. Okay. Um, that, that is a cool concept. Yes. I like to see it, where they take this. Yeah, issue nine, basically. So this is not the one that came out today, but the last one. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, really yeah. long time ago. So this is basically every person from the Justice League. So like one panel shows Hawkman and Woman, Big Barda, Mr. Miracle. The next one shows Cyborg. I think like five of the Green Lanterns. Donna Troy, Starfire. There's definitely Hal and John and Jessica Cruz and Guy Gardner. And then the next ship has Green Arrow, Canary, Aquaman, Mara, Martian Manhunter, Flash, and someone else I don't know. Then the other one has Steel, Supergirl, and the Metal Men. One has like all the Justice League Dark People. One has the Doom Patrol, one has all the Bat Family, including Katana and Black Lightning and Metamorpho. Mm-hmm. One has like the Marvels, uh, Stargirl, and I think Golden Guardian. The other one has the Question, the Huntress, Captain Adam, and Blue Beetle. And they basically go to space. Um, there's a couple of separate teams. So one team goes to Russia to get Superman and Batman, the Green Lantern team. Uh-huh. Everybody else goes to Mars. Bruce is like completely jacked up. So is Superman. And um, 
then we see that there's like a government file on Firestorm and all this stuff. And they have Ronnie, the people going to Mars have Ronnie Raymond. Um, Green Arrow makes like a thing on TV basically saying that like anybody who says like um, that they're against Superman doesn't even understand what's going on. And they go to Mars. There's that weird checkerboard thing from Watchmen. They find the photo mm-hmm. of Dr. Manhattan before he was Dr. Manhattan. And they basically go to confront Dr. Manhattan. And then at the end of it, Lex shows up to Lois and she's like, you can't do this. Like he's injured or we won't get to him. And he's like, I'm not going after Superman. He's like, I'm the person that sent you like the disc drive about like the super, like the, the Superman theory. Mm-hmm. And then it goes like the Green Lanterns team up and they cover Mars. And basically everybody goes at Dr. Manhattan. Mm. Is it like uh, a sweet ass battle? Yes. Who's also just standing there naked and they show like <laughs> his nakedness. And they're like, I, I can't remember. I think it's Blue Beetle or someone makes a joke about it. It's like, are we not going to comment on the fact that his dangle is out? <laughs> and of course, of all the characters, it is Guy Gardner, like, jumps up, cracks Dr. Manhattan in the face, drops him to the ground, and it's like, oh, where'd he go? And then he just, like, he's like, oh, that was quick. And then he literally, Dr. Manhattan is, like, gone, and then turns around and just, like, grabs Guy's ring, and then, like, dissects the uh, the green lantern ring. Oh. Like, yeah, and he's like, oh, I know how to do this. And then, like, all the magic people go after him. And he's like, oh, magic, this is interesting. Let me analyze this. And it's like, playing with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I guess he's just like he's a guy who really likes simulator games. Yeah, he's just basically like, like oh, th- yeah, I'm learning things for like the first time ever. Yeah, it's been a while since I did this. And so Lex hands Lois a gun and be like, here, if you don't believe me, here's the gun. And he's like, basically, I have proof that there's like another that the universe we're living in isn't the universe like that we should have. And then he's like, and she's like, what are you talking about? It's like that there are heroes that were here before. Like, do you, like, you've never heard of the Justice Society, you never heard of Wally West. And she's, like, really confused. Um, he splits uh, Firestorm up and basically shows him a memory. Oh, this is where he shows him the thing where Dr. Stein is, like, working for the government and stuff like that. Um, everybody's coming to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> and then it basically ends where he blasts and there's just, like, emptiness. Like, it's just Mars desert. And but everybody's still alive, but like everyone's just wrecked. Um, the <laughs> Legion of Doom, or like I guess like uh, not the Legion of Doom, but like Black Adam, Giganta, and the Creeper break into the UN to basically say like you guys cannot go to war with the metahumans. <laughs> this um, ends bad. This ends, and then it kind of just ends with like Doctor Manhattan is just sitting waiting for Superman to show up. And so the issue today, which is really kind of uh, issue 10, so obviously this has all been super spoilers, it's kind of an entire issue of Dr. Manhattan doing his, like, Dr. Manhattan time thing, Mm -hmm. where he's talking about all these different time periods happening at the same time. So specifically concentrate on this actor, but it shows, like, the difference in his world compared to the world that, like, Earth Prime so he's going through and he's like kind of reliving the stuff from Watchmen. And he's like, oh, it's November 1st, 1985. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you guys can't breathe in space. <laughs> and then he cuts to like what he just did in Wreck the Green Lantern. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot you guys can't breathe in space either. And then like makes it so that they can all breathe. <laughs> and then him talking to Ozzy Mendez and then like all this stuff. And then 
um, Green, uh, we call it uh, Hal Jordan goes to do something, and he's like, no. He basically splits himself, like, you know, that thing where you can make multiples, and like stops every single hero and is just like, no, like, you have to stand here and wait. You're kind of like not doing anything. And it kind of shows him talking to this guy, and he's just like, this actor. And it's him going back to when, like, the original origin of Superman, when he saves the car from hitting a rock. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. And it's like, oh, yeah. this has happened. Because he's, like, having problems seeing into the future. And then he sees it, and then now it's not happened. And he's like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, they show Alan Scott getting the Green Lantern. They show, like, all the Justice Society guys finding all their items, like the Spectre, Dr. Fate all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, they're all at a table and they're waiting for Superman to take their picture. And then it shows them now that there's no Superman. It's like, oh, they're like, oh, the entire team is here. And then he's like super confused by this whole thing. It's like, oh, I'm looking at a farm in 1956 and a rocket lands. But then it gets pushed forward. And now it's like 1986. And then it gets pushed forward again and again and again. And he's like, he's like, I don't understand like why this keeps happening with him. And like, why everything seems to change with the Superman. And it's like, oh, it even goes, and he goes to, like, the um, the Legion of Superheroes. It's like, oh, and he was, like, the Superboy thing. And then he's like, oh, so I wanted to try an experiment. And so when Alan Scott goes to reach for the lantern that turns him into the original Green Lantern, he takes it away. And thus the Justice Society is never formed. Huh. And then he's like, oh, so now, like, this version, then they show, like, oh, what does this do to, like, the timeline? And it's like, oh, he shows up uh, to the Kent farm, and it's in, like, the uh, 90s or whatever, I think, like, the 80s, and then his parents die when he's uh, in high at his high school prom. His parents get in a car accident and die. So now this Bruce is, like, um, more distant from humanity. He's, like, a little bit more bitter. He's, like, he's actually somebody I can relate to more. And he's, like, you know, messing with his history is, like, intoxicating, and they kind of do, like, a good snippet of, like, this is all the new 52 stuff because they show him like in the new, they show Superman in like the new 52 outfit without the red briefs. And then he basically explains that yes, all the other planets are in like a multiverse. And he's like on my world, there's like a multiverse theory uh, or like, that's what they call it here. Like other earths, but he's like, this is different and it centers around this one being. And basically anything that happens to this universe affects all the other universes kind of going to like the dark universes of Batman metal. Yeah. And then he's like, like Superman's so this, getting his own kind of shine here. Yeah. And so he's like, so this universe is actually, it's a metaverse where it's like this one is the most important and then all other affected. And then it shows Wally West showing up and he's like, oh, this metaverse isn't passive. It like, it's a living thing. It does things to protect itself. And that's Wally coming to like, stop it. And then he goes to his vision and it's like, I have a vision of like me find, seeing Superman and then there's just blackness. So he's either like, either he kills me or I destroy the metaverse and I am unsure of what happens. And so it kind of goes through all these things. And then the last, the end of the issue is Superman opening up his eyes. Hmm. And then he basically is, you know, this universe is a universe of hope. And then it's like, have I become the villain of this universe? And it's like really interesting, especially compared to the other book that came out today. Like, I guess the reason, like, I don't understand why they were tied together, except for maybe the Wally thing. But like, I don't know. The Heroes and Crisis really didn't have anything to do with anything. But like, it's I don't know. Like, there is definitely stuff they could have cut out of Doomsday Clock. Like, it didn't get interesting until like issue six. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's the thing with some 
some comics I'm noticing, it takes a while for them to really build to a point where they're good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but by the sounds of this, like, yeah, it starts off pretty weird and just kind of like, it seems like it's just throwing characters at you just for the sake of nostalgia. But this, this concept, this Superman theory seems very interesting. And this last uh, issue, today's issue, I suppose, no matter how spoiler it is, it doesn't really matter to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. uh, Like in a context matter. There's there's no real big reveal. The big reveal is that like the idea that the prime earth is different than all the other ones, but it's kind of always been that way, at least for the, since the last crisis that kind of the prime earth is the one where the story revolves around as opposed to earth two or Earth three mm-hmm. or like the dark universes or any of this other stuff. It all has to do with this main thing. So I guess what's interesting though, is that he talks about like those first changes to Superman aren't him. And then mm-hmm. he kind of <laughs> hilariously becomes almost the editor of DC Comics since like New 52. <laughs> it's like the weird way to kind of put it that like he kind of changed all that stuff. And that all those, cha- him changing like that one thing for like Earth Prime, Alan Scott had kind of had this ripple effect. But it's also like somebody or something else had also been changing Superman's time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's a really good way of also making me care about superman yeah especially like what's funny is like and obviously this was always going to be a superman book because it's like doomsday clock and it has like a symbol in it and it's specifically a kind of referencing like doomsday the character and stuff but superman has two like big crossover stores kind of going on right now and they're both like really interesting um the other one is that a leviathan leviathan story No, I don't think I know about that one. So if you watch the CW shows, they very heavily hinted at it at the end of the season of Supergirl. Okay. Which is really interesting since it's a story that's like just kicking off in the comics. Mm-hmm. So they They're first gonna... issue. Huh. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. So bas- sorry. The, yeah, basically the setup for that story, which is interesting, is that everyone's kind of doing their thing. And simultaneously, the DEO Argus spiral which was like the spy thing that dick grayson used to work for mm-hmm. and um with the cobra crawl like every secret like kind of espionage organization is wiped out instantaneously simultaneously the only people left alive are um general sam lane lois's father amanda waller and the head of the deo is saved by adam strange who then disappears and then no one knows what the hell is going on and basically it kind of starts with jimmy olsen was doing like which are this is what they're rolling into that jimmy olsen mostly the lowest book but i think the jimmy olsen one's tying into it too is that jimmy shows up at lois and clark's apartment this jimmy doesn't know he's superman and it's basically like yeah i was undercover doing a story on the cobra and they're all dead and they're like what the shit and superman's like holy crap the deo just exploded and then amanda waller like knocks on the door and she's and like Jimmy passed out, and Amanda Waller knocks on the door, and she's like, hi, you're Superman. And Clark's like, no, he's like, shut up, you're Superman, let me in. Argus just got taken out, and then she collapses. Oh, wow. And then, like, that's how they kind of kick off their story, and no one knows what the shit is going on. The last time Leviathan's name was thrown around was Talia was in control of it a while back. Talia Yeah, a couple years ago. It had to do with a story... Um, they did a version of it in the animated 
where it was with like I can't remember the character's name where there was like the weird grown up version of Damien. Uh I can't remember what his story was called. But um yeah, she had it and it was this weird thing where she was kind of building it was like supposed to be her thing separate from the Legion or the League of Assassins. Mm-hmm. Um but then everyone's like, yeah, this is not Talia's thing. She has like nothing to do with this. And then the question got gets brought in in one of the issues. And Superman's like, oh, so you're here. I think he's like sitting watching San- like uh, General Lane. And he's like, oh, I've been mean, I was like going to come to find you, but it's good that you're here. And he's like, and Superman's like, what do you know? And the question's like, I don't know anything. He's like, all I have is a question. Where are the bodies? And Superman's like, shit, there are no bodies anywhere. And we kind of don't know anything except for <sighs> the first issue kind of. They've been kind of like slowly rolling it out. I think they've had like three of action comics have kind of dealt with it. And then the big book came out today, the Leviathan Rising. Leviathan so. Rising. Okay. I'll look for that. Uh, hopefully it'll get printed somewhere so I can find that. I'll look that up right now. Sorry. Yep, I just sent you a link on the chat. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yep. So I don't know if they said how many issues it's going to be. This is like this big crossover. So, because there's like, I'm trying to think how many cross. There's the, there's like the big, like across the thing, besides like Doomsday Clock, there's like the year of the villain for DC. So, like, every villain is getting like kind of, every big villain's getting their own book for like one or two issues. And then it's supposed to be like a year where we're concentrating on like the villain stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting what DC is doing. And like we talked about before we started, they're like have these kind of, side um things that they're putting out so they have like the vertical vertigo line the wonder comics um young animal the black label and then it looks like they're doing um house of secrets which is more of like a I'm trying to remember what they used to call like fantastic adventures or like the fantasy kind of books of old so like the bigger than life kind yeah, of yeah so like the first one is swamp thing okay so it's kind swamp of like those old school yeah yeah, I just picked up uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I just haven't oh, seen it. Oh, it's my... so good. I've I haven't read it ever. So, and I've seen almost everybody associated with this podcast post about it or talk about it at some point. Yeah, so... Alan Moore's Swamp Thing is basically how we get the Swamp Thing that exists today. Yeah, that's fair. And I it's mean, basically, if it's that yeah. good. I, well, and it's I like, also love Alan Moore. Yeah, he took like the goofiness that was there and kind of brought it to this real world thing. So one of the characters in it that you'll see is like, um, I can't remember his first name, but his name is like Woodrow. Okay. That guy becomes the Floronic Man. So like, it's mostly about like, he almost takes this weird and interesting science-based approach um, and kind of like expands on it into like a crazy Alan Moore way. Like the initial (laughs) idea. Any other way. Yeah. The initial idea is very science-based in many ways. So, and then that's kind of, which is, you know, because we have the TV show that's coming out tomorrow. No, most Friday or Saturday it's coming out for DC okay. app. It starts. All right. With- uh, I think I get access to that on one of the new, like, many subscription feeds we have here. So I'll check that out because I'm also going to check out Doom Patrol because that looks good. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. I was waiting for it to finish, which is what I did with Titans. Mm-hmm. And then I just watched it all in, like, a couple days. Yeah. Because I'm impatient. No, that's fair. I, I'm I'm the same way. I feel like there's like f- a couple episodes now, so I can mm-hmm. test the waters, and if I like it, I can keep going. 
Yeah. So, I don't know, is there anything else that you have been reading or wanted to talk about? <laughs> Since uh, it might yeah. just be you and me. <laughs> yeah, it might just be that. Um, I, I've just been picking up, like, all the back issues for Batman. Um, like, I, I'm specifically the Scott Snyder run of it. Okay. Uh, like, it's I read all, all of... Yeah, it's all... Oh, my God, it's all so good. Like, I just read all of All-Star Batman. Um, oh, okay. So, you read the... Um, the first ally story? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's the, that's one the last story was like, in the series. Yeah, I was like, oh, whenever anybody brings up, which I keep forgetting exists, is that Alfred show that's supposed to be happening. Oh, yeah, no, if they're going to do was like, that. Yeah, oh, I was like, oh, man. if they did that, like, I'd be down for it, but they're definitely not doing that. No, that'd be too good. Because the yeah. first ally is awesome. Because, like, you, you see that at one point, maybe Alfred... He was his own Dark Knight to a degree, yeah. um, and you see why he he supports uh, Bruce and how well he is at it too. Because um, goddamn, dude, that whole arc was awesome, and like finding out that his old mentor is like cloning Alfred, but like he's a younger Alfred. Yep, and like the whole time you think it's his son, and then he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's like it's you. Yeah. And it's an interesting take because they kind of take the idea of like Knight and Squire to mm-hmm. this, which is. Oh, yeah, because it's old timey knights. That's mm-hmm. like the whole ideology. Very, very British, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, plus, the suit looked awesome. Uh, oh, yes. Proper good suit. I hope uh, somebody brings that back at some point. Like that yeah, character I, concept. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good one. I feel like that's a, a younger Bruce thing. To be fair, because like mm-hmm. I don't know, Alfred and that seemed very young, especially the way that like uh, I think it's Raphael Albuquerque draws him. Oh yeah, uh, he's very he he's very young looking. He's yeah. still got like a lot of hair on his uh, head. He's got like a nice brown mustache, mm-hmm. no wrinkles. So and then like you jump over to like Greg Capullo's and he's a bit older, uh, like balding obviously. And then you can look at certain other artists and he gets ancient to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of um, I think I was like catching up and I think it's the bat. No, it's detective is where they've had like the art, like their version of Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really interesting because they kind of did the reveal a couple of weeks ago in the last issue. Yeah, because like, it didn't turn out to be Jason Todd. No, it's not at all. It's a completely different character. OK, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because that's uh, that's something I liked about the character. I, I saw it coming because I knew ab- at that point I knew about Batman enough to be like, ah, I think I know who this is. That's 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 cool. Mm-hmm. But seeing as it, they've they've shifted the the blame, so to speak, onto a new person, I'm I'm excited. I hope they. Uh, well, I have no doubt they'll they'll like collect that issue and pop it yeah. somewhere, and I'll check it out. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting um, like idea. And, um, oh no, did you want to, was there any of these news things on here that specifically spoke out to you or there was a couple of, there's at least one I wanted to bring up before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bring bring it up, man. I, I'm, I'm just going to look over it right now. Okay. So, well, the, the first one I was saying, cause I already talked about Leviathan is, um, at the end of the last issue, they reveal a character who has basically not been around for forever, which is mm-hmm. golden guardian, Jim Harper, Jim Harper. Okay. Yeah. Like he's the. I'm trying to like, he's like, um, did you watch any of like young justice? 
Uh, I watched like the first six episodes of the show. Okay. You try to find a picture of what he looks like. That's the first thing I'm noticing about DC compared to Marvel. DC has a lot of characters. Oh yeah, DC has an insane list of char- insane list it, of characters. Yeah, it's it's breathtaking to say the least. Well, it's been around for forever. Oh, to be that's totally fair. I'm I don't mean to like make it sound like a date because yeah. it is. It's awesome just looking through it and seeing like characters talk about other characters, and I don't know if they're being sarcastic or or not because they're just saying the weirdest names. Yeah, so it's kind of like Captain America E, but like a shield okay. and stuff. Yeah, that that looks familiar for sure. Yeah, they've had other versions of him, but specifically, like like other characters have taken up the name Guardian at different points. Mm-hmm. But specifically, like this is the version. Um, and then in Young Justice, I'll show you this is what he looked like. Oh yeah, yeah, I recognize that dude. Yeah, so like he showed up at the end as somebody that Leviathan or whoever's running Leviathan was approach like as approaching to join it. Okay, um, cool. The main thing, though, was as we talked about for a little big chunk last week, was the whole Tom King thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, that's that's a situation that I I think is very interesting in the way it's evolving. Yeah. So the newest thing is that so I guess it's kind of like a spin ish, so that he's still leaving. Um. So he's he's, he's leaving the mainline comics. Yes. Right? So he's leaving Batman at issue. Uh, I think it's at issue 85, because I think he's been on since Rebirth, something yeah. like that. So he was trying to do like a full 100 issues. Mm-hmm. He is moving at the end of the year to Batman and Ca- Batman and Catwoman is the book. So most likely he is going to be just continuing his story there. So, um, so issue 75 is coming out this July. And then he is going to have 11 more issues after that, which will yeah. run him to, I guess it's like the end of this year. I don't know. Like the timing is like very weird because I guess it's more than a monthly book. Mm-hmm. So it, but it looks yeah. like a bi-weekly book. Yeah. So it seems like they're basically going to finish his story in that book. Yeah. It, it seems less like they're, parting with Tom King due to controversy over it and more that they're just moving things around because they can't support the way they're telling his story. I, yeah, like, I think that's a great way to put it. I think the sales, the dip in the sales are like kind of was like a final, like, all right, you've been on this book for a long time, mm-hmm. like a couple of years. I think he kind of ran his course on the main book. As much as yeah. I do like him, as I, I feel like we give kind of shit on him because of Heroes in Crisis, but he is yeah. an amazing yeah. writer. Like, I've oh. loved everything else that he's done. I've actually really liked this Batman run. It's just this current section that's been going on with this Bane story mm-hmm. has been kind of goofy. It was the most boring part about starting the story because, I, like I said, I'm on a bender for, for Batman and I've been picking up the the mainline run, and I'm I think I'm on an issue like twenty right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bane arc takes up a lot of it, and it is tiresome. Yes, um, it's just a lot uh, because Bane I've never found to be a very 
interesting villain personally um yeah i actually he's like one of my more favorite batman villains oh, okay. but he's very easy to mishandle mm-hmm. like, and like you... uh, to be fair in arkham origins he is absolutely fantastic yeah i i loved his interpretation in that game um he does have an interesting quote here to say that like batman and catwoman is a chance to do what morrison and quietly did with batman and robin mm-hmm. um It'll be ambitious, accessible, or accessible, beautiful, thrilling new series that conclude, includes years of stories and defines what Batman is, can, and will be. So yeah, yeah. this is definitely him wrapping up his story. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think they have a good relationship with him. I just think that they are kind of like, uh, there's been like a stagnation. In... Uh, dude, that's, per- that's a very poignant yeah. way to put it. Um, I think... I, like the this article itself brings it up 85 issues of a straight run is fantastic but it, with stagnation it, it it just can't be helped to maybe try some new feet or like try some new people through and uh see if people like the way they're telling that story get some new artists freshen things up and if you're in the middle of an arc like this and you've promised people some some very um thought out and articulate payoff for all the things all the years of commitment to buying these books um it would be kind of annoying to just see it cut so having a 12 issues that'll come out by the end of the year um that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm going i'll I'll pick it up at least uh just to finish it off so i'll have to catch up so to catch up and then jump on yeah and then just getting through some of the other stories is that um Oh my god. So Agents of Atlas is returning, which with a number one book with Greg Pak and Jeff Parker. So that is a oh my god, I believe this is a Marvel book. I haven't <laughs> like I know the name, but like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a Marvel book. Um I've I've heard I know the name. I've never read an Agents of Atlas book. So okay. Um I'm trying to look here, and there was like one other story. Dude, don't remember. worry. You don't have to impress me. I haven't read uh, it either. Yeah. Oh, the only other story that was hilarious. So Marvel has like Marvel 1000 coming out. So it's their like 1000th issue of I guess it's like the 80th anniversary of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they had to. So they had like this big cover. Um, I don't know if you can see the artwork. Um, it's kind of awesome. It's like a giant collage of all like Marvel stuff from over the years, like covers and such. Mm-hmm. So you see that thing that's circled in red? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was looking up at this uh, earlier just a second ago. Oh, John just jumped in. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? Um, hey, I got home. What's up? Yeah, so we're just <laughs> talking about this Marvel 1000 cover that they have oh, to redo. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, go, go ahead. What's up? Yeah, they have to redo <laughs> because they accidentally put in a image from a DC book into oh, yeah, their giant the two- collage. Yeah, the two guys kissing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who those are. Or I don't know them either. I but think they're just DC? background characters, I I believe. Oh, okay. Just lifted off of a DC panel. Uh, but yeah, like what a what a weird like like it's just like how how did they how did they grab a like a DC cover or like a DC like page? It just it, it just seemed very odd. So it seems, which I know this is a, definitely a thing. Is that they definitely got it's somebody who's maybe like an intern 
I'm uh, guessing it's got to be like an intern. Like, oh, we just got like a bunch of images from like the internet. Well, uh, well, okay. So, like, what could have also probably totally happened is that, um, you know, you have like all these different artists that are working on this book, and you had like a group of interns, and you know, oh. each of them are giving like a name, and like they're all supposed to go off and like find art, like find a cover with or an art with like this care or with the by this artist, and we'll like, you know, take all the best images and we'll put it into you know, this cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, I, I don't know the artist for, for this piece here because it's, like, super small, but, like, that could just been an image that they found, like, you know, Google searching and just grabbed it and they just sent it in and then they, like, approved it and put it up on their page. Yep, I definitely think, I like, my brother works at a newspaper and that has happened at that newspaper before. Um, where, like, they sent someone to Google something and they typed in like a flag and then the wrong flag came up first. Yeah. And so that's what they oh. used. Oh, and that's the why image is actually from like I think issue one of New 52's like Earth Two. And it's mm-hmm. Alan Scott kissing his husband who dies like two pages later. Oh fuck. Womp. <laughs> yeah. Womp womp. I mean like uh yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's weird. It's it's yeah. a weird idea. Um, so <laughs> only to catch you up, we started where I basically explained to Connor the entire backstory of what's been going on with Doomsday Clock. So mm-hmm. other than that, we're just kind of going through some of these news items. Was there any specifically that, uh, anything that you wanted to talk about? I, I have no idea what a humanoid is. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Agent, uh, did you guys talk about Agents of Atlas coming back? Uh, I said Agents of Atlas. I'm pretty sure this is a Marvel book. I know yeah. the name. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like Ag- Agents of Atlas coming back is pretty rad. Uh, Jeff Parker writing that book is also like really cool because Jeff Parker wrote like um, like a couple different series of Agents of Atlas that were like pretty sweet, and like the team itself is like looks pretty cool. Um, like I think it's like a spinoff of like the um, current. Uh, War of Realms, uh, like Agents of Atlas, uh, series that they're doing right now. Okay, that's pretty cool. I have that issue, like sitting over there. I just haven't opened that one. Yeah, like the I have like a couple of the older uh Agents of Atlas stuff that's like kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like this new team looks cool. Yeah, I just like I can't even remember. I feel like they came when I was reading Marvel back in the day that book popped out and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. And it just like came out of nowhere. And I was just like, yeah, I never really got. Yeah. Me. I, I, I knew Jimmy Woo in Nimarita because Nimarita also showed up in, um, this incredible Marvel. Hercules. Oh yeah. So that is not Namor's cousin that died with speedball. That's the other one. Uh, like, there's like, that's a different one. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a different Nimarita. Uh, Nimora is who I'm thinking of. Nimorita was the one that died. Yeah. That's why yeah. they put a D at the end of her name. Yes. This is the ingenuity of, like, the names of these characters. <laughs> um, uh, oh, no. Uh, was there any specific books you want to talk about? The only thing is new-ish that I've read. I read the first issue of Ascender last week, and issue two came out this week, uh, which is the sequel to De- uh, Descender. Have you got a chance to look at it, John, or... 
no, the well, okay, so like I, I just want to make one quick point. Uh, the mm -hmm. DC Comics will stop doing double ship books. Like, thank God. Like, oh, thank yes. you. That's what does that amazing. mean? What does double uh, ship mean? Sorry. Uh, they'll they'll stop selling like two issues of Batman a month, or like Superman, or Action Comics, or whatever stupid book they're selling for that month. Oh, awesome! You see what John has complained about that with the Spider Man books that there's yeah. like five a month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. It's a it's a way that they're cutting kind of costs back, but it also like is it's both like sucks because there's less comics coming out, but it's also like helpful for your wallet because there's less comics coming out. There's less comics coming out. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which probably ties into the fact that it's like, oh, in July is issue seventy five of Batman. And um because we talked about the Tom King thing, but then he's gonna be leaving in December at issue eighty five. It's like, well, I guess that's like a bi like a bi monthly book. Is that the right term? I, I, I yeah. It, well, it's funny because bi monthly means it would be like every other, every month, other month. Yeah. How do you say it, twice a month? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only uh, and the one other story that I want to talk about was that uh, John Allison, who's like one of my favorite writers, writer of Giant Days, uh, it announced a new book from Dark Horse that's going to be a mini series called Steeple that he'll uh, write and draw with Sarah Stern and Jim Campbell doing. Uh, uh, I believe probably colors and lettering uh, and it's out in September. Uh, and I basically will pick up and read everything that John Allison writes. Cause giant days basically is like a, a very solid, uh, like a go for like anything he writes from like here to the end of time. <laughs> okay. Solid sell. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I'm like kind of behind on a lot of my books. The, the only kind of like thing that's like comic related that, um, I I I got around to like uh, listening to actually this morning was the first episode of the new Wolverine. Oh, I did um, not realize that came out. Yeah, it, because I'm subscribed to it on my iTunes, so it just popped up in my feed. Uh, it's uh, it's again written by Benjamin Percy. Uh, what what is it called? Uh, it, it's, it's the audio drama. Yeah, it's but like it, the long trail. The lost trail is yeah because i because i was like i i think it's the long night but it's not the long night no, because no. i can't remember what the, the first, first one was called too it was no, the first yeah. one was long night right the first one was long night and this one's called the lost trail so okay. they, they they sound equally the same but yeah like uh yeah like basically like the first issue uh, the first uh episodes out uh it's basically like kind of set the pieces of where wolverine is post the end of the long night um and he's like looking for this woman named Maureen in New Orleans. Uh that uh you know, he ends up meeting up with this boy who's like asking for his help named Marcus, who uh his mother and a bunch of other mutants just disappeared out of thin air and he has like no idea like what happened to them. Um I think there might be like a slight spoiler in the uh, at the end of the episode, when they announce like you know the cast for the series, and one of the characters is named after a prominent X Men villain, so okay, because uh, I know one sucks. character they announced a while ago, which based on where I know it's set, is not like I, I don't know if I should even say who the character is, like Gambit. Yes, that's who I was talking. Yeah, Gambit, I don't think yeah. that's a spoiler. I think that's kind no, of been I known. I think that was like when they announced the long lost trail and they were like, also oh, Gambit's going to be in this series. Yeah. Cause it takes place in New Orleans, right? Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, Benjamin Percy's back to write it, uh, who also wrote uh, season one, uh, who also did like, you know, a, a lot of, uh, I think he did like about 50 issues of uh, Rebirth Green Arrow. Um, okay, that's that was a good book, so. Yeah. I, I also would have kept on that book if it wasn't shipped twice a month. <laughs> well, then it got canceled. Yeah, and then it got canceled. Uh, but yeah, the first episode's like pretty cool. Um, it's not something I feel like you can just drop into because I feel like you know, especially, especially like the 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 end, like the last five minutes revolves around a character that shows up in the previous season, and I don't know like how much impact that character has if you don't if you haven't seen uh, season one. But uh, season one's only like ten episodes. Uh, each of them are about twenty five minutes long. I basically wa- listened to them all weekly as I was like going on the bus to work. So it's very. Yeah, I really liked it, except for the final episode, which yeah. felt like we missed two episodes. Yep the the final it episode wraps is up real weird. Yep. Um, I I totally agree with that. Yeah. So um, I guess just because you're like you popped on here. So you haven't uh, read either issue of Ascender yet, you said? Uh, no, I'm like super behind on that book. Okay. And then have either of you been reading, um, oh my God, I just forgot the name, um, I, Assassination? Uh, I have not read the newest issue. Uh, I have not read the really last interesting. two episodes. Yeah, issues. I know. I, I, like, issues one and two of that book are like so good. Uh, and... I, you know, being a, a miniseries, I know that's just going to be like a hard, fast kind of series, and I uh, just not had had the time to sit down and read them. But like, uh, more yeah. likely after this show's done, I'm going to read issue three. Uh, I was actually like kind of curious. Have you guys already talked about uh, Heroes in Crisis and Doomsday Clock, or is that we talked like, about I, Doomsday Clock, but not Heroes in Crisis? Uh, I didn't really know. I really, I, I'll just to read. I I liked issue ten of Doomsday Clock. Did you read both of those yet, or no? I don't read either of those series. Okay. I, I'm, I basically just like want people to kind of like, it's like one of those things where like, I want to kind of know what happens, but I don't want to spend $5 and also spend the time to read it. Okay. So, um, doomsday clock, basically I'll do like really quick. Cause we talked about it in the beginning. It kind of does like the entire issue is that whole Dr. Manhattan's going through seeing time simultaneously. Uh-huh. And then the big reveal is that, Earth Prime, like the DC mainline universe, it's not part of a multiverse. It is actually a metaverse, is what they're terming it, where anything that happens on Earth Prime specifically affects every other universe, including. So that's how why there's like the dark universes, um, like and, Earth's, all the other ones. Our, like, and Prime is our universe. Prime is the, not our, us as the reader. Prime is the DC rebirth universe. Like the mainline DC universe, and so the big like the reveals in it are kind of that when he gets to Earth, he sees that someone or something else has already been screwing with specifically with Superman, and that he's kind of the linchpin to the universe and thus all universes in general, and that his origin keeps getting pushed up, and then he screws with it, and then they basically show he is directly the cause of New Fifty Two, and that the Wally West coming in, like going after him is kind of the reaction from the metaverse to protect itself. And the issue basically ends where he basically holds everybody back and is waiting for Superman and Superman's eyes open at the end of the issue. And he's like, yeah, either, either he kills me or I destroy everything. 
and I guess that makes me the villain of this universe. So it's like that's a really quick rundown of it. It's fine. Um, on the other hand, let me grab my copy of Heroes in Crisis. Um, a lot of watch uh, Doomsday Clock sounds like a lot of Grant Morrison stuff, but like yeah. not as I don't know. Not it's fun as what Grant Morrison would write. No, I, like I was saying to Connor, like it's very like it picks up around like issue six, but that's the halfway point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got you got to spend at least like which I feel like issues. Well, in issue six, I feel like at this point it came out like five years ago. Yeah, that's what we were saying. The, the first issue came out in November 2017. The next issue is scheduled to come out in August of 2019. And there's one more issue after that. God, I wish I would have, like, taken up that bet of of issue, like, the last issue not hitting until 2020. Yeah, because like, I, I said it's supposed to take place originally two years in the future, but it's going to end in that two years. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be caught up. Uh, so with Heroes in Crisis, so we get a million more of these little which are fine. I think that's the most interesting part of the, all the books is the kind of testimonials we get from different characters. So specifically in this book, we get like every Robin, which is interesting. Um, but what we learn is, so the team of Booster, uh, Blue Beetle, Harley, and Batgirl jump five days into the future, whatever, and crash and stop past Flash from killing, past Wally from killing five day older Wally. Um, and then we see that Ivy's there, and Harley's like, how the hell are you here, Ivy? And she's like, oh, I gave you a flower, and I put my consciousness in it, and then so it was planted, and I was kind of regrown, and I'm even more connected to the green now. Like, So Ivy, I actually really like the character design, because she's like sexy swamp thing now. Uh, is there a, a yeah. like a photo? Yeah, I'm going to try to get yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, Pixar didn't happen. Oh, I okay, I kind of see it. So Maybe. she's her like musculature is like me, like she's it's more defined. Um, and basically, Wally, old older Wally talks to younger Wally, and is basically like, you know, you don't have to do this. You're releasing all the information. Shows that like everybody can be helped. Um, killing me doesn't mean anything. Like, and you're not alone. And it's, I would say it's. The the conversation between the two of them is a really good conver- conversation about, like, you're not alone. Everybody else is messed up. Look at the people around you. You know, you need to talk to them. You're not alone. And Because, like, no duh. Isn't this what this entire thing's been about? Yes. This is kind of where, like, oh, this is where all that kind of stuff not like, mental health comes in. Like, okay, so the Flash saw, like, all of these people spilling their guts about you know, their own mental illness and their own, like, insecurities. And then, like, the big reveal at the end is, like, not, like, you just need to talk about your problems because we're all, like, kind of messed up. And it's like, yeah, he should know this. He saw yeah. all this. Yeah, the only interesting part is that, like, older fly, older Wally goes, like, and this is the part where Booster explains how he fixed time. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just gotta close the circle. So as long as we get a Wally West body to put in the place, then everything will be fixed. And they're like, eh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. What we'll go to the future and make it a fake clone of you. Why are people trusting the, him? What about all the dead people? Oh, no, no. They stay dead. <laughs> so then nothing is fixed. <clears throat> yeah, so then... Um, they're all dead except for Poison Wally. Ivy and Wally, who are yes. important. So Roy is dead. 
Well, yeah, fuck where I. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's fixed, though. Good job, everyone. And the best line is that um, basically they're all standing there, and Booster goes, bros before heroes, and they fist bump. Oh man. And then Sorry. Harley goes and it's like, you know, I've lost controls. I know that you didn't do great things. And then she knees him in the dick. And basically we show that they reopen Sanctuary. They do the stuff. And then Wally turns himself into Barry and Superman and they lock him up. And that that's, is Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Is it, so is the, the only series that's over? Interesting is it dumb? Is like, yeah. The, the very last panel is like he's sitting in a cell. And it says, and yet despite that burden, or maybe because of it, you're still running. And it's like the lightning around his symbol and mm. like electricity flowing. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I can understand why some people may have liked it because like it does finally, finally get to like discussing kind of mental health and like all that stuff. But it's still kind of dumb. Yeah, but it's like if you. uh I, like, I don't know. I, I think it's, like, also, like, just very unfortunate for Heroes in Crisis that at the same time you had another book that was dealing with uh, superheroes, dealing with uh, mental insecurities and mental illness in, like, a really thought-provoking way in The Unstoppable Wasp, and it handles it so much more thoughtfully. And so, yeah. you know... The the guy at the 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 big guy at the end revealed to be like a guy who accidentally killed a bunch of people, and then uh to make sure people didn't know it was him, framed like, everybody, framed framed two other schmucks, and but then proceeded to just tell everyone anyways that he killed people. So then, what was the point of the first like six issues of the series? Nothing. <laughs> it was it it was basically to get twenty five dollars from all these readers. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of like I don't know. I don't get like it's just like I don't get any of this stuff. So yeah, I'm not like it's whatever. Like I read it because like I was like oh, I read the other issues. I just want to read the end. I actually read it mostly because I want to see how it was supposed to connect to Doomsday Clock because since they were their release was tied to each other, and I don't get it at all. Uh, doesn't Wally? But like, did you say like Wally had something to do with Doomsday Clock? He shows up for like a panel but he's not in the red suit he's in his old suit okay so and it like well, maybe it was also just like very serendipitous because also uh leviathan came out this week uh that old 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 man bat came out this week uh yeah. i picked up it, yeah the last night on earth one which i think is the old man batman yeah, yeah. that's that's the vibe the leviathan stuff i found to be actually very interesting uh yeah, I didn't pick up Leviathan uh because I'm already gonna pick up Lois Lane and Jim yeah. Olsen. So I, I and, think I the Lois Lane is a direct tie-in to it though. I you know what? Then I'll pick up the first issue and they'll probably tell me because I ain't yeah. paying ten dollars for like I did not pick pages. up that book. Yeah. I didn't pick up the book, but I am going to read it. Yeah. Um And didn't All Star Superman come out this week or something? Um there's actually like very few DC books. I'm trying to remember. Um well, yeah, because like all their books are like six, seven, eight dollars this week. Yeah, it was the the Batman: The Last Night was like a bigger book. I'm looking right now. Um, past it. Yeah, it was Detective Annual, which I did not get. Doomsday Clock, Dog Days of Summer, Heroes in Crisis, 
Levathian Rising, Wildstorm, and The Last Light on Earth. And then everything else is like trades. So they had like five books come out, and then th- three of them were bigger. The two ba- the Batman, the two Batman ones, and the one the Leviathan. Mm. Which the last night on Earth is the the black label. And I did pick up the previews, which was interesting because it looks like because they have like their preview for Lois Lane, and um, what was I saying earlier? There's a um, is it looks like Gerard Way is coming back to Doom Patrol. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I'm into that. Yeah, and yeah. that um, it looks like they're adding like another label. Um, oh, actually, there it looks like they're adding two labels. There's like a kid label, which is uh, DC Inc. Yeah, DC. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, they've had two books so far. There's a Catwoman and a oh, Raven yes, book that Eric. Oh no, it, I'm sorry. It was uh, Mira and in Raven, and there's a Catwoman book coming up. Yeah, the Catwoman had a preview in Free Comic Day. I read the preview yeah. part of it. And yeah, those, it, ink, those ink books are rad. Like, yeah. I, I think they're, like, a little bit uh, below my pay grade, but I think they're, like, a great younger reader's book. Mm-hmm. And I was telling uh, Connor that there's a House of Secrets, I guess, like, label, which the first one is... It's, like, very, like... um was that like old fantasy kind of comic books style and it's swamp thing uh yeah um no no i just think that's interesting that they're doing this thing where they're kind of creating all these mini labels underneath them because what's funny is i actually think that main dc line is the weakest of all of them because the vertigo stuff the wonder comics have all been pretty great mm-hmm. um i have not been reading the jinx world stuff but that's like I think uh, the, the one book you talked about is in that, I think. I think the House of Secrets stuff is the new Sandman stuff. Yeah, the House of Secrets is in the Vertigo stuff, but uh, wasn't the... Didn't, weren't you reading some book with, like, like witches or something like that? Uh, I was reading Goddess Mode, which, yeah, was like I, a, which was, like, cyber magical girls. I think that's part of that. The Jinx uh, that's World a Vertigo. Stuff. No, that's a Vertigo. That's under Vertigo? Okay. Yeah, I ain't reading anything that's Jinx World. Okay. I yeah, do, the Vertigo I, line is, like, very wide. Yeah, I, uh, as someone who reads Young Animal, I can only take so many late books in my life. <laughs> um, did you guys see the story about Tom King co-writing the New Gods movie? No, I did not. That is a new <laughs> wrinkle in the Tom King uh dc yeah, thing it just keeps unfolding yeah we did talk about the whole batman and catwoman thing and that it's basically like it seems like that he's gonna finish his story on that other book and mm-hmm. that for whatever reason they moved him because sales or like stag like some sort of like stagnation in just like what the batman book was becoming man it uh, is real interesting that if he's going to be writing a new gods movie that's yeah i originally saw this being um like a breaking story over at uh bleeding cool but you know it was just... oh okay so like this started at the rap but the rap doesn't like have like uh is this, you know is, are you saying this like, is like a sites like keep sharing the like, same story yeah so it's like bleeding cool sharing the story from the rap and the rap like this is their original story um so it's like one of those things where like you kind of wait until you start hearing it like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, you know, it gets picked up everywhere else. So it's, I, I think it's like still kind of like one of those things where it's a 
rumored story. Uh, oh, yeah, it's but... like I didn't even realize that they were still in any sort of production with this movie because they announced, um, I can't, what's her last name? Ava DeVerne? Oh, yeah, and I'm like looking now, and they've kind of like updated it where uh, uh, she uh, uh, she posted up a photo of her and Tom King on Twitter today. Um, okay. Saying like, you know, they're ready to write new gods, which uh, it's cool because I think Tom King, based off of Mr. Miracle. Yeah, which says like he... New Gods is going to be basically a Mr. Miracle movie to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. He's a better lead character than Orion. But I think, like, I think it's like you have Barda, Orion, uh, Scott, uh, as like that kind of that core, you know, main characters. I think it's like, you know, you even can ha- kind of have, uh, uh, the forever people, you know, with Bear and uh, the beautiful dreamer and and stuff like that, and like have like a really kind of cool group of characters. Because I mean, like, yeah, you're not gonna sell a new gods movie on the back of, you know, Light Ray. No, um, but it's interesting. But like, yeah, until this, like, literally, I forgot that that she even got hired because she got hired before that movie came out last year that tanked hard. Uh, um, wrinkle in time. Yeah, wrinkle in time. Yeah, they hired, her, they hired her like with the hype of that. Because what did she do right before that? Wasn't it like another big movie? Uh, Selma. Selma. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be I interesting mean, to see. Like her first big budget movie did not go well. So. Yeah. Uh. I mean, like I also think they. You know. I think we're gonna start seeing this thing happen a lot now. Where I think that was like the first time where. Uh, people were writing these stories about Wrinkle in Time underperforming, and they're like, "Oh, like what a what a disaster for Disney." And I'm like, "Dude, like Black Panther came out three weeks ago and has just cannibalized a Wrinkle in Time sales. It also cannibalized the sales of every other movie to come out after that couple of weeks. Like yeah. having a Disney movie un- underperform because another Disney movie came out is just like I don't." It's like, you know, it's like one of those things where you're going to see up more often now as Disney now owns more of the marketplace. Yeah, it's like, well, it's oh, also yeah. like that's why they're they seem to be going back to the three Marvel movies a year, and they're going to like go back to yeah three less, <laughs> less Star Wars movies. It seems yeah. three Marvel movies a year, uh, two Pixar films a year, uh, two Disney animated films a year. It's like, mm-hmm. well, a live action one, maybe one or two of those a year, two or three live action ones. Yeah, but I think that like their ideas are like, all right, Marvel movies go in like the end of April and like September, because isn't that when Spider-Man coming out or is that July? That's July. So I feel like they'll do Marvel movies come out in like end of April, July, and then like September. Uh, I mean, there's there's March. The, I, I mean, Captain, like, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, all all released in March and February. Yeah, uh, I think that's where they put the lesser known characters. It depends on what movies are coming out. Probably is where their rotation is. Because after oh, yeah. Spider Man, the next round is probably Black Panther two, Eternals, Eternals, and then Doc Doctor Strange two. Uh, I think that's what the rumors are that the Doctor Strange two is the third one. Because Guardians uh, is not for like another several years. Yeah, because they they have to finish, or he has to finish Suicide Squad first. Yeah, they haven't even I, started it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, 
something that's made secret. Yeah, Ooh. there could be. It could be a bunch of things. Like something smaller that's made, you know, behind the scenes, not people. The Black people Widow know. movie. God, yeah, that would be that pretty Black fitting. Movie. Yeah, that Black Widow movie should be out next year. Yeah, so maybe it's the Black Wid- Black Widow and not Doctor Strange, or I don't know if Eternals is going to come out before. I, I, yeah, Eternals I is like they're like just they the beginning script for that. They yeah, they're just the beginning of-, of casting. They have like three people cast. It's like uh, Angelina Jolie, Rob Stark, and like one other person. I, I'm just like looking at that they just got the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and it's like, okay, like what are you guys going to do with this? Well, there's well, like have, there's been the, some heavy rumors that they're not touching those until after like one full kind of phase of like post Endgame. I I do not believe that. Yeah, Especially I'm in the like, same boat as John. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is hinging on Spider-Man right now that they're waiting to see because apparently Spider-Man has like a lot to do with the post Endgame world. Oh yeah, when Venom shows up and there's actually been heavy rumors <laughs> now that Sony is like saying, so maybe Venom can now be part of the MCU, and you guys just give us some money. <laughs> like, yeah, that has been a like a heavy rumor going around recently. Is that they're like, now that Sandwich Lady is gone, um, maybe we can actually strike a better deal with seeing how this stuff works together. Yeah, yeah, but like. Uh... They're already doing that Morbius movie. Like, that Morbius movie is being made, right? Is it? Is it? Um, (laughs) That's a quick Google search. Is that getting made? Or is that Black and Silver movie getting made? Or Well, well, I mean, Black and Silver, probably not. But that Morbius film's got, like, a release date. It's got, like, Jared... It's got, like, five, six people already attached to it. Uh, It's filming now. I guess it depends on what kind of i don't know uh it'll be interesting to see how it's related that movie could be very very like outside though that smith is in this movie how the mighty have fallen <laughs> dude he was also in terminator genesis let's not forget yeah. terminator genesis <laughs> <laughs> so okay so that movie like starts off and matt smith is there and I'm just like, I, and he's and he's in the background, and well, I don't even like really like register like what the scene's about because I just mm-hmm. like look at the background. And I'm like, I'm like, why is Matt Smith in the background? Like, is he someone important? I bet is it they'll someone explain. I should watch. And and then it's like, oh, he's a he's a Terminator, and I'm like, oh, of course. Like, but it's like, why didn't you put the Terminator as someone that you don't know? Like Matt Smith like sticks out of the crowd. <laughs> He's pretty tall. I don't know, man. This, uh... I feel... Okay, so this quote here, I feel so bad. Uh, Smith joined the film Morbius after previously turning down other superhero film roles due to uh, due to director Daniel uh, Esposito's involvement and encouragement from Karen Gillan, who portrays Nebula in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and previously worked on with... Uh, uh, Smith on Doctor Who. Like, so basically he, like, turned out a bunch of people and the director and Karen Gunn was like, oh, come on, work on Morbius. It's like, why why would you subject this man to this? I think that's why Karen Gunn was like, why wouldn't you do one of these superhero films? And it's like, no, no, why'd you sign up with the Sony one? That's not what I meant. No, sign up to the Disney ones. And not even, like, and not even, like, one of the high-profile ones, like, Morbius? Like, is he Morbius? He is 
Morbius' friend who suffers okay. from same rare blood disease. So he's the probably bullet? like a, a, a frenemy. Ugh. So you don't even get to be like, nobody knows who Morbius is, let alone anybody surrounding Morbius. I don't even think Morbius has villains. Dracula? Blade? Uh, Spider-Man? Jack Russell? The werewolf <laughs> by night? Oh, I was like, I say like the dog? <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, no, I don't man. know. That's Werewolf by Night's real name. I know that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so the story I shared was like, so there have been some heavy rumors. Oh, Ryan just joined us. Um, that the third Spider-Man film may contain Venom, and then there were rumors for a minute and Deadpool, but the Deadpool part's been kind of like shoot away. But it would... Uh, I would like to see Tom Hardy Venom with Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah, I feel uh, like that's the prime. That's the prime candidate. I, right there. I feel like Deadpool in a Spider-Man movie would be like, M- M- you know, Michael McConaughey hanging out at the high school in days confused. <laughs> Unless it was like a scene where like it's like oh, and they're like they just like stop and look at each other, and it's like you copied my suit. It's like no, you didn't. I had it first, and then they just leave it. Like it's just a literal cameo of yeah. like him in the suit. But yeah, or he can. No, all it needs to be is just him walking into frame. Nothing said, nothing else. Just like walking in, nods at the camera, turns around, walks out. That's That'd be pretty be. funny. Or he just uh, like, yeah. as I say, or he just like, Venom gets thrown to the ground. He just like touches it and goes like, ew, gooey, and then walks away. <laughs> That'd be yeah. good. Uh, it could be like where Spider-Man sees him. He's like, nice Spider-Man cosplay. And he just like walks away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Like, Spider-Man 3 wouldn't be for, like, three or four years-ish, I would guess. So, Yeah, no, I, I don't think it'll be for at least three years. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's the distance between the last two, I believe, so. Mm-hmm. And Tom would Holland they, will be, like, 25. And, mm-hmm. And does that mean, like, they would wait that long for... Like, does that mean that we're getting, like, a Venom 2 in, like, two years or... Yeah, but I think it would mean we'd be getting Venom 2 I mean, in with production, the amount of money like, it ASAP. Made, I don't see why they're not already working on it. I think the big thing was that their CEO just left, so like they're kind of filler film studios and a little bit of flux. So, I don't know. I think that's why like these rumors are circling that, like... Because there have been rumors forever that Sony's been wanting to sell their film studio for forever. Yeah, well, guess who's in the market of buying everything? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's probably the one. Yeah, Disney's basically like, we have 30% of the marketplace. It'd be really great if we had 40% of the marketplace. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like one of those things where, like, I completely understand they, like, they're, like, controlling way too much. But, like, if it's not them, like, you want this stuff handed to Comcast? Like, I feel like they're the only companies buying anything up right now. I just, I just don't want to be using Disney bucks in 50 years. Well, you already are. Yeah, I mean, at least Disney Bucks will have like uh, based on the bricks on in Disneyland, so like you'll have mm-hmm. a commodity. Well, to be fair, most of the stuff they're getting is mostly like Marvel stuff anyway. Like they're just going back and like reorganizing and collecting everything that was originally Marvel. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, Sony, owns, Sony owns some shit. And what they got from Fox, like they've been in talks already to like what they're going to do with Alien. I think they're meeting with uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah, uh, which is not what I want. I don't yeah, want give it, give it to. I don't want Ridley Scott to make another Prometheus. Yeah, but I think it's more like because it's kind of his baby to be like, all right, where do you see this going, and what can we do to make sure that this makes money? Yeah, so. uh, how how 
how can we make a worse alien film than Alien Covenant? AVP. AVP is not that bad. (laughs) No, AVP Requiem is that bad. AVP Requiem is very bad. Yeah. Except that it has one of my favorite kills in all movie history. Uh, Are you talking about the hospital one? Or are you talking about the the giant glaive that like gets yeah the giant glaive that kills the hot girl? Oh okay. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh she's gonna hook up with this guy and that's like that and it's like oh she and then it's like two steps and she's just in half. It's like oh no he ain't getting oh, nothing. Oh no. Yeah, that movie that movie is like so mean spirited. Uh, because it was just like everyone had the argument of like well like why is this movie why is AVP like PG thirteen that just seems very weird and then they just took this hard right turn and they're like okay like we'll kill a kid within the first three minutes yeah that was that was one way to kind of establish where you're going um so I the only other news stories like I kind of found was Shang Chi is apparently filming this fall so maybe oh, that's cool. one of next year's movies and then a. Apparently, New Mutants is still going to do some reshoots. That's in development hell, man. No, it left hell a long time ago. It doesn't deserve to be in hell. That's just sitting on a shelf somewhere, fully cut, fully edited. Uh, I'll still watch it whenever it comes out, because... Oh, totally. Oh, because it's going to be a disaster. Uh, There's no way uh, that it's good. If there was any redeeming quality of it, it would have been released already. It was done two years ago. I would put money on that being a good movie. And that's a push back till April 2020. It was originally scheduled for. It was like November. No, it was like 20. I think it, or they said started filming in 2017 or something like that. It was like a ridiculous time. It, it was supposed to come out last year, like early last year. It was like spring last year, April last year. And they got then, pushed back to August. Then yeah, it's going to be a December. full two years that it got pushed back if it comes out next April. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm like, like it's still like one of the, like the the only superhero films I'm like really excited to see. I, I'm more excited to see that than I am Morbius. Well, you yes. take that back. That's you not that really a good. No, that's like, not true. What are you comparing it to? That's like nothing. Like, am I more excited to see New Mutants or? What else is even another superhero movie that's coming out? Uh, Brightburn. The Dark Phoenix. Brightburn was actually really good. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, I guess I'd be more interested to see it than Dark Phoenix. I have no desire to see Dark Phoenix whatsoever. Oh, no. No. That oh, is- they actually had to change the ending because it was like too similar to uh, Dark Phoenix. Fe- uh, to <laughs> X-Men <laughs> The Last Stand. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was like all the X Men like, movies have ended the same. All of them standing yeah. in the danger room in awesome costumes. Oh, and guess what? I they would never rather, have it. I would rather watch New Mutants than Joker. Yeah, um, I have oh, like no experience of Joker. I'm I'm all on board for Joker. I don't like it. That's a weird one. Those are close. Uh, I heard Mark Maron uh, this week uh, was uh, in that movie, and that makes oh, yeah, me a he's little bit more excited. Yeah, he announced that it was actually kind of he had to actually address the fact that he has been shitting on comic book movies for years. And then now he was going to be in one like a year or two ago. He's like, yeah, I got cast in it. Guess what? It's a Martin Scorsese film and it has a very big paycheck. So suck my dick was basically his response because all he's done is shit on comic movies like, oh, they're ruining the industry. It's like, okay, old man. But then he's in it. So he's basically going to appear as he's going to be like a comedy club owner, I think is the rumor, which is perfect casting. Yeah, he's just going to play Mark Maron. Hey, Mark, can you play Mark? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you've watched Glow, he's not acting. He's just Mark Maron. 
Oh, it's really funny because if you look at like a lot of the stuff that he plays, it's like all <laughs> most of it's just um, promoter. Like in almost famous, he's angry promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I would rather watch New Mutants than almost any of the like. Let's see, the Alfred Show, Krypton. Yes. Yes. Um, what else is coming out that's like weird like that? Uh, oh, isn't there like a um, a Netflix doing like a Valiant Comics show? There's uh, the Boys is coming. I think it's like next month. I do not like the Boys. What are the boys? <laughs> it's kind of graphic. <laughs> oh. The Boys is like a dynamite comic written by Garth Ennis. Uh, it's basically about a group of guys who have powers, uh, and they kind of keep superheroes in check. And all the superheroes are mostly like bad. They're bad people. It's just you know more Garth Ennis hating superheroes in like a really I don't know gross way. It's very Carl Urban's in it, man. He's good. And, yeah. and, and uh, Simon Pegg's in it. He's also good. He was uh, in the book. He was, I was like the basis of that character, but in the show. I'm not sure if Simon Pegg is taking his role, though. Uh, Simon Pegg plays the father of Huey, who okay. Okay. was designed to That's look cool. like Simon Pegg. Yeah. But it's kind of graphic. It's, I think of it more like uh, they have like a spinoff of like 9-11 in that book that was just like absurd. <laughs> Sorry, what? A, a yeah. spin-off to 9-11? Yeah. So basically, they're all, like, all the supers are there on the plane, and they forgot the, like, the pilot, they, like, they forgot, and none of them know how to fly the plane, so they just let the planes, like, crash. They're like, they're like, fuck this, let's leave. And they just, let, like, left the planes to, like, blow up, like, half of New York. Oh, awful. Terrible. Well, somebody's gotta get the, uh, awful murder fiction. Yeah out of their system, so they don't actually do it. There's also uh, Good Omens, which uh, premieres in like two days, which is awesome. Well, it's Neil Gaiman, so Neil Gaiman's always good. Yeah, it has David Tennant and, uh... I forget, his, the, other, I forget the other guy's oh, name. Oh, it's uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, and Michael Sheen plays an angel, and David Tennant plays a demon. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's it's like a right. buddy cop film where they're, like, teaming up to save the universe. Yeah, from like the apocalypse, it's it's re- it looks really good. That like, the book was also phenomenal. They uh, the director was like, I have laid out like dozens of Doctor Who references in each of these episodes. I need you to find them because oh, there's like a bunch awesome. of like there's a bunch of like BBC Easter eggs in this show. <laughs> I thought it was a Amazon show. Yeah, it's Amazon, I believe. Oh, it's okay. It's like their Amazon Prime thing. Hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah. I have to get that. I don't know, is there any other news stories to talk about, or kind of anything uh, Doom, else? Doomsday Clock finally came to fruition. <laughs> My Doom- god. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've talked about it twice already in this episode. This will be the third time we've Yeah, about. so, yeah, the whole first part of this episode is me explaining to Connor Doomsday Clock. So, I guess if you had any thoughts on it, you could quickly add them. Uh, I really dug it, like, for this specific book that came out today, was, like, it was really well, well written, and it was like, uh, you know how in let's say the Watchmen movie, how when it's like John's turn to like tell his story, how you just hear his monologue in the background of, of, as events happen. It was basically that throughout the entire like him traveling like the DC multiverse, and it was like really well wit- written, and it was it was awesome. And he's also like 
putting down the Justice League as he just like just walks over and just shuts them all up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they announced that like issue eleven is supposedly in August, which is hearsay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know when that book's coming out. They say August, but they already... August fourteenth, baby. Yeah, you say that now. <laughs> They're gonna push that back like another. How long was this book delayed? I want to say like eight weeks. Something like that. And it's it originally started in 2017, which is insane. So yeah, I don't know if there's much else to go over. Um, did anybody have any books they wanted to talk about before we kind of close out? Has anyone been keeping track of like the spinoff, the side stories of War of the Realms? Because that has also been very good. I have I got a couple. Yeah, Sorry. I have two issues of Giant Men I have not read yet. But I, I did hear about the Stormfront book, and it sounds very good. Yeah, the entire War of the Realms arc is just nuts. It's crazy. Oh, it's a lot of fun so far. Yeah. I just love how everyone's just, like, messing with Spider-Man. <laughs> they just they just easy. keep... Yeah, like, Wolverine's just, like, tell him where the super cool enchanted helmet. And he's like, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I, I hope they do like a big collected version of it. That's like what I really want to read. Yeah, a large like compendium or omnibook, which would be really good. There was also uh, a while. Batman Last Night on Earth, which came yeah. out, which you was about that. I have not read it yet. Uh, Connor hasn't read it yet. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like Mad Max. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, it looks fucking weird. I'm, I'm yeah, always like, for both of those people. Like, it's like Man Max Batman. So, well, yeah, I guess that kind of does it. Um, we can kind of wrap it up. So, does anybody have stuff to plug? Connor, John, or yeah, Ryan? Yeah, you know what, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I am, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, maybe, or, yeah, maybe Connor. Uh-huh. On Twitter, I'm Question Connor. And I write occasionally for Los Haro uh, Games Department, uh, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that is the losharo.wordpress.com. And you can find a bunch of other lovely stuff there right now. Um, that's it. Ta da! Uh, John? Uh, you can find me, John, at John, J O H N, underscore F N, underscore Siler, S E I L E R. Uh, where I talk about comics, uh, some of our stuff that's happening at our work. Uh, I'll probably be talking about uh, Godzilla and the NXT show that's this Saturday on there. Oh, and uh, I don't know when it records, but um, I'm on a podcast called Legion of Tunes where we'll be uh, reviewing uh, the 2000 G4 cartoon uh, Code Monkeys. Yep. Hopefully we can record next week. It should come out the week after. Yeah, it, it would probably be better because I recent I today I decided that I should probably watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I am like eight episodes in, and I don't see myself stopping. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no. it's like one of those things where I don't. Like anytime, like people are like, "Oh, this network show is really good." I, I'm like, "Yeah, uh, no thanks," because I don't know, man. Like, I I feel like I'm 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 just like not interested in network comedies or dramas or whatever for like some yeah. reason or another. But like, 
the pilot of Brooklyn Nine Nine starts off great, and each episode is just like is is just better. And uh, it, it it's like I haven't probably had fun with a network comedy like this since uh, Parks and Rec, which actually has like a lot of stuff in common with Parks and Rec. I'm fairly certain it has a lot of the same writers too. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Ryan. Uh, this is Ryan. You can catch posts on the Phantom Zone. I don't really have anything else. Yep, you'll just be on Doomsday issue eleven. Watch. Oh uh, yeah, keep an eye <laughs> on that stupid clock. Yeah, and um, so I do Legion of Tomb with John, and then me and Alan, who's on here sometimes, we do Smallville Chronicles. So we're just into season four. So check that out. And I would say, uh, like John was just talking about with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the other show that Fox canceled that got new life, uh, Lucifer's season came out a couple weeks ago. I really loved it. It's only 10 episodes. It's on Netflix. That, that end season finale, though, man. Oh, I was like, so holy good. crap. Yeah. The production, <laughs> it's so weird that a show going from a network to Netflix upped its production value insanely. Like, wow. it's... In, yeah, the amount of time we get to see Devil Face and uh, Angel Wings is way more. So And full devil mode. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's really fun. The new season's only 10 episodes, so there's basically no fill. There's like no filler whatsoever. Just gets right into it. So if you like a procedural, the first three seasons kind of follow your natural procedural. Um, there is an awesome kind of, if you don't want to watch those and just want to jump into season four, there's an awesome, I think it's like five or six minutes of the star Tom Ellis sitting in character as Lucifer drinking scotch, explaining the other seasons, which is pretty awesome. So check that out. Yeah, all I the- ended up watching that. Yep. Check yeah, out Netflix all the other likes pod- to do stuff like that. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it was an interesting way when it popped up. I was like, watching it. He's also like, I wish that they would do some sort of release because he's, he's a very good singer. Like all the songs that he does throughout the seasons are amazing. Um, I wish they would release him doing them. Because uh, especially in the first season, almost every episode opens with him doing a cover of a song that mentions the devil. So, um, yeah, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to all the pop. Um, hit the little bell on YouTube and share them with friends and go to losharo.wordpress.com or Legion of Tune, uh, Los Haro Games and a whole bunch of other articles and stuff there where Connor writes and everybody writes. All right. So we will check you guys next time. Adios. I love you. See ya. Wouldn't. Welcome to the Phantom Zone.